No mai, hare mai. Welcome to Lumo Energy Reimagined, a podcast exploring the big ideas facing the future of energy in Aotearoa, thanks to our partners at Ika. In today's Korero, we'll hear from the General Manager of TransPower's Grid Delivery, Mark Ryle, as he discusses the impacts of electrification on both resourcing and the grid network. Good afternoon, Mark. Okay, kia ora, Nick. Thanks for being here. Yeah, no problem. Um, tell us a bit more about uh, TransPower's role in New Zealand. Okay, so TransPower is the uh, grid owner, uh, which means we sort of own and operate the national grid, which stretches from Kaikaui in the north down to Gore in the south. And we have about 12,000 kilometres of conductor. And we don't actually buy or sell electricity. We're kind of like the state highway system of the electricity network. So we transport bulk electricity um, through those locations from generators um, through to distribution companies in, in our cities. Uh, we also fulfill a second important role, which is the um, system operator. So we sort of run the system and the market. Um, so we work with everyone in the electricity sector to ensure that we can dispatch enough energy um, to meet the demand every day. So when everyone at home turns their lights on, um, the lights come on. So um, if that happens, we're doing a good job. Um, very occasionally it doesn't happen, but yeah, most of the time, um, yeah, we run a pretty reliable service. And within that, what is your role as general manager? So I look after um, the delivery of our work program and the grid. So any maintenance um, or you know, including fault response, um, so 24-7 service um, is within my domain, and it was, as is any capital delivery work. So all the work to upgrade um, the grid, um, build new connections for renewable energy um, or demand, um, as well as maintaining you know, all those core grid assets and upgrading them for electrification um, fits sort of within my wing. We also have a, a link between the South Island and the North Island, which is this called our high voltage um, direct current link, and I have the team that's responsible for managing and maintaining that as well in a sort of more integrated manner because of the speciality. So not much. <laughs> no, not a lot. It's pretty quiet. <laughs> um, with the uh, electrification of businesses, uh, what are you finding uh, some of the, the big impacts on the grid? Yeah, well, we um, put a thought piece out, Whakamana e te Mori Heko, back in 2020, um, that sort of painted our view of the future and, and we're sort of monitoring and updating that on a six-monthly basis. You know, within that document, we, we predicted that New Zealand would need about 70% more electricity uh, than we had today to help electrify the economy um, and decarbonise through electrification. Um, that probably looks a little bit low. Um, we didn't account for things like um, aircraft, which we thought might be too hard to decarbonise with electricity. Um, there's a number of things coming. And I guess today we're starting to see those trends evolve. Um, you're seeing data centres start to pop up around the country, which are hungry for electricity. Um, the GIDI funding, which is the government investment in decarbonisation. Um, there's some, would have seen some big projects out there with you know, New Zealand Steel at Glenbrook looking to electrify their process. Um, Fonterra, Open Country Dairy, um, some of the big dairy process energy coming across from coal and gas-fired boilers to electrification. So um, I guess that's sort of how we um, see the future, it's how we sort of predicted it in 2020, and we're starting to see that evolve along with things like the uptake of electric vehicles, um, which you know, have been slow to start with, but we're starting to see a quite dramatic sort of ramp up hmm. now. So th those are the impacts on the grid. Yep. How, are, how are you guys managing that? 
Yeah, so I guess the first um, impact we've really seen on our workload is a real growth in renewable generation um, investigations. So these are like new projects um, looking to build new capacity. And we went from sort of having equivalent of four or five customer investigations a year in 2018-19, which would might turn into one project would actually build something, um, to you know, well over 100 uh, in the last financial year. Um, and we're actually actively um, building a number of those projects. So we saw a real ramp in investigations for renewable generation, and then we saw that start to happen um, in demand as well. Um, and then over the last two years, we actually started to see some of that um, turn into actual real projects in the field. We've been building new um, grid exit points or grid injection points um, for these connections um, to enable that to happen. So um, I think, you know, I can think about this year alone. Um, the context we've sort of um, seen how connected a, a new grid exit point, which is about a you know, 40 sort of 50 million dollar project um, up on the top of the Napier Taupau Highway to connect um, to provide a connection for Harapaki Wind Farm, which Meridian are building. Um, we've seen a new connection come into our Edgecombe substation um, for a solar farm. Um, there's a new geothermal um, development and just out of Taupo and called Tahara, we've built a new um, injection point for contact energy. Um, we've seen a couple of other wind farms add more capacity, um, Turatea, um, for Mercury, Kawira Downs and Gore. So we're actually seeing a, a whole lot of these new projects starting to happen in the field. And um, we've also just commissioned in the last two weeks a new GXP or a new, new substation, a new grid exit point for Orion. Um, and the sort of just southwest of Christchurch um, mm. called Norwood. So we're actually starting to see all those investigations start to turn into kind of real projects um, out in the field. So our, our real challenge is how do we resource and um, supply those additional project work that we didn't have? You know, it wasn't on our books. It wasn't really even on our horizon five years ago, four or five years ago. And are those the biggest challenges for Transpower at the moment? Yeah, I think the, the big two big challenges um, that keep sort of me awake are, are really that resourcing challenge. How do we get all the people we're going to need to deliver um, on electrification of our economy? And the second one is supply chain. Uh, the world is all trying to electrify at once, and the scale of what we need to do in New Zealand is tiny um, in comparison mm. to even Australia, um, mm. but you know, compare it to, to US and, and Europe. So lead times um, for equipment are going up. Prices are starting to go up. Um, you know, we've got a very, we don't have, a, I guess, what's the, the the volume to get you know get the attention of suppliers. So we've got to work really really hard um, on a global scale to to get access to the equipment we need to have it here um, to be able to deliver it in time to facilitate the projects for our customers. And 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 what ways are you managing those shortfalls? Yeah, so we've um, got a number of programs um, underway. Uh, we've got a workforce capability program. Uh, we were looking internally um, to grow um, our capacity to deliver on the investigations and the projects uh, for a number of work streams within that. And also we're looking with our service provider partners and our engineering consultant partners, um, similar approaches within that, which is you know, all sorts of things from just giving more visibility and certainty of work, longer term contracts, um, Training funding, working with them to support training funding, working with industry and government um, to support those work streams, obviously growing our internal workforce. Um, from the supply chain, we've got a, a program of work underway um, uh, to, I guess, 
mitigate some of those risks to supply chain. Um, we're looking to invest in our warehousing facilities um, across the country so we can actually hold more stock, order it earlier, um, get it in the country so it can be delivered to projects rather than just in time, ordering, mm -hmm. um, forming, forming long-term relationships with suppliers, um, trying to be a good customer um, so they will supply us and keep us up the top of the chain when you know China comes in and orders a thousand of something we're already you know four or five of. What impact will the move away from fossil fuels have on the current skills and capabilities available around the country? Yeah, yeah. So within the transmission, the transmission itself, I guess which industry you're most familiar, we estimate about a doubling of the resources um, we need. I think if I probably looked at the wider industry, um, given you know, distribution, generation, um, and then through industrial process, you're probably at minimum tripling of the size of the industry now. So that's pretty significant growth um, from where we've been. And and given you know retirements and aging populations and all those things as well. Um, and also the, the pull of Australia. We've also got a massive electrification challenge and as we know, have sort of higher wages and some good opportunities over there. So if we sort of factor the loss of people from our industry as well, and you know, so it's a big challenge to get all the skills we need to deliver on on the program of work. Um, a lot of the skills will stay similar, but then a lot of the skills will evolve with um, technology, um, use of AI, um, which I guess we're just sort of skin our heads around how that will impact on the worker of the future. Um, how do you handle those short-term resource gaps? I mean, you've talked a lot about the long-term ideas. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I guess we have investing with new staff within Transpower. Um, so this year we're still taking on a better hundred um, more staff, which I guess is about a, a ninth of the size of our organisation. So it's quite sort of substantial growth to resource the additional workload. Um, we're working with our partners um, to basically encourage them to take on trainees, um, work with immigration to, to get new people in the country, um, to help share the risk around growing those resources, to provide, provide more visibility and certainty of work by changing our commercial mechanisms. So we've got a, a whole lot of activities underway um, to try and deliver on that program. Um, and we've brought a new role into Transpower who's um, across that workforce capability and development to sort of drive um, that growth. We're quite lucky within the transmission sector, we have grid skills, which is a, a ITO, a training organisation um, within Transpower that provides a lot of our core training with our service providers. So we're looking at how we can leverage that, how we can change that model up um, to get people to competency quicker uh, with our partners. So, yeah, there's lots of different work streams um, we've played on, um, playing with and pulling to try and make sure we can deliver in the short term. Uh, those activities and, and partnerships and so forth, they're filling in the short term. Are they sustainable in the medium and long term, or do you have something else that's going to step in? Um, I think the, the trainees and um, our trainee growth program, given New Zealanders jobs and opportunities, I think, you know, is a, is a long-term um, solution. Uh, I think, you know, immigration uh, is also something that will be factored in. I think that will be something that will be leveraged um, over the longer term, um, you know, with investing in the future uh, through programs like the Wonder Project. Uh, we're sponsoring a program um, with um, Engineering New Zealand, looking at uh, building a renewable um, wind turbine and um, powering up a, a little city. So I guess, you know, long term, it's getting into schools, um, 
try and encourage uh, people to go down the STEM route, stay in STEM subjects, you know, get more engineers into engineering school and um, provide that capability. Um, and, and looking at different ways to deliver, how do we deliver better? How do we do things differently? Um, like I say, I think AI and technology is going to have a role to play. And um, we're at the early early stages of how that's going to evolve. Um, but I think, you know, particularly from a head office type worker, I think there's a real ability there to, to do things different and leverage the people you have by leveraging AI, exactly how that will evolve. You know, so it's probably so early days. But I think there's yeah there's lots of different ways um, to get ready, but uh, it's 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 a pretty big challenge. Mm. It's time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. What initiatives are underway to ensure the energy sector has the skills and capabilities to decarbonise the grid? Yeah. As I said, I mean a lot of talked about a lot of the things um, we're doing through our workforce capability um, program within Transpower, um, including increasing our internships, increasing the number of graduates we have. Um, working really hard with our service providers um, to build their trainees and build their cap capacity. Um, we're working this speed, but there's also more and more cross-sector working um, starting to occur. So um, you know, we're working on a program uh, cross-sector around you know, diversity, belonging and inclusion. Um, how do we make the electricity sector a, a really um, great place to work that people want to come um, bring themselves to work? You know, how do we tap into sort of all of society? Um, and, and maximise the size of the, the pool we have. Um, you know, Bridget Kelly, uh, one of my colleagues, who's our um, GM of People, she's working actively out with groups like the ENA, um, Electricity Networks Association, looking at areas for alignment um, around growing and building capability. Um, and obviously, we've also got a um, an electricity sector um, group um, that's looking to pull together um, work with government, I guess, on a sector accord or a sector framework. And obviously, one of the key streams within that sector framework is the resourcing challenge of electrification. So, you know, the sector is really starting to pull together to look at how do we deliver on electrification for New Zealand and, and you know, what support do we need to do that from government and other organisations. Yeah, you, you briefly touched on the, on the government thing there. Um, how do you think government and industry can work together to ensure we have the right skills and capabilities in the future? Yeah, well, I think the one aspect is um, the electricity sector um, framework that, that's being worked on at the moment. Um, it goes across uh, generation companies, Transpower, um, some of the distribution partners. So we'll be looking um, with the new government um, coming in um, to look to get that sort of agreement or framework in place um, that will outline how we can exactly work with government. We're obviously engaged a lot now with you know MB uh, with our regulators, the Electricity Authority, Authority, the Commerce Commission. So I think yeah, there's a real willingness um, across New Zealand, including into government, that electrification is a key driver of how we move our country forward, how we deliver on our Paris commitments and, and target climate change. Um, so I think the will's there. It's just obviously how we use that will over time. What are the tools and techniques we need to um, get there is going to be it, what we develop along the way. Great. Thank you very much for your time, Mark.